Hi, boys and girls. This is Ms. Kathy. I'm so happy you've joined me today for another story just for you. Skiing for Broke by Kermit Nedeberg. The sun sparkled off the snow as 40 of us tumbled out of the academy bus at the ski area. Nervously, I wondered if my friends would think I was a klutz and if they would laugh if I fell. I found out sooner than I wanted to. Loaded down like an Arctic explorer with parka, skis, poles, and goggles, I tripped over a ski and sprawled in the snow right outside the rental shop. Hey, look at Kermit! He's practicing his falls already! Someone yelled. But the clumsiness didn't last. Soon I had the skis on my feet, the poles in my hands, and the goggles on my face. I plopped onto the chairlift and eased up the hill. Turning around, I noticed the steep hill just beyond the chairlift line. I hoped I could stop before reaching that precipice. The day improved quickly. I swooped down the bunny hill like Spider-Man coming down the side of a building. My snowplow kept me under control. When my friends watched, I skied a little faster, knowing that a snowplow turn could slow me down to safety. A snowplow turn is usually the first thing a new skier learns, but it's also very demanding on leg muscles. To make a snowplow turn, a skier has to put all their weight on the uphill leg, then twist the muscles in the leg so that the ski turns first downhill and then across the hill. Pushing down with the leg is what slows the skier down. By late afternoon, I was tired. My legs wobbled like a puppy's. My hips hurt from falling. My arms ached from pushing myself across the flat ground toward the chairlift. But I had decided I'd rather push myself across the flat area than take a chance on going too fast and skiing down the precipice beyond the chairlift line. Most of my friends had quit for the day. They sat inside the lodge looking out the plate glass window at the bunny hill. But I wanted to ski some more. I rode the chairlift, letting my muscles relax. Soon, too soon, I had to get off the chair. The hill looked longer than it had in the morning. Steeper, too. I decided this would be my last run of the day. Imagining my friends inside the lodge looking out that big plate glass window gave me strength to do my best. I shoved off. The snow scraped under my skis. I headed straight down the hill, gathering speed. Too much speed. I was a speeding bullet. I was a runaway freight train. I tried ugly-looking snowplow turns to slow down, but my legs were too sore to push hard enough to slow down. I kept speeding up. I looked ahead. I saw the plate glass window. I saw my friends. If I didn't do something quickly, well, I saw myself crashing through the window into my friends. Fall! My muscle screamed. Yes, that was it. Fall. That would stop me. I fell. I also made a tactical mistake. I fell backward, landing on the back of my skis. Now, instead of skiing, I was tobogganing and gathering more speed. Lying on my back, on my skis, I peered around my knees and saw that I wasn't headed for the window of the lodge. That was the good news. The bad news was that I was headed for the chairlift line and the precipice beyond it. My only hope was to hit the fence, which was made of large boards woven through even larger posts. I estimated the lowest board to be about knee-high. At least the fence should stop me, I thought. It did. I hit the fence and stopped, but the board snapped. The force of me hitting the board, combined with the tension it had from being woven in and out among the posts, caused it to snap sharply forward. Unfortunately, a man just on the other side of the fence was bending over putting on his skis. 
the board hit him right where he had bent over. He lurched. His ski binding snapped into place. He started going forward, down the steep slope toward the parking lot. He shouted. I knew I could get in trouble for skiing out of control, so I scrambled up and jumped on the chairlift. I peeked over my shoulder and saw the man in the parking lot draped over the fender of a Buick. That was close, but I had escaped. Then I realized I'd have to ski down one more time. At the top once more, I thought the hill looked even longer, even steeper. I pushed off, starting immediately to slow myself with snowplow turns. It didn't work. I got out of control again. I knew falling wouldn't work. I knew hitting the fence wouldn't work. Then I saw what would work. A tree. A large, lovely evergreen tree with several branches about head high. I would head for those branches, grab one, and stop. My skis targeted the tree. With unflinching accuracy, tired leg muscles responded one last time. Leaden arms reached upward to grab the lowest limb of the evergreen. Now! Grab the limb and stop, I thought. Whack! The tree limb snapped off. Once more, I was headed for the plate glass window of the lodge carrying a giant evergreen limb above my head. Suddenly, I could again see myself crashing through the plate glass window. I could see my friends laughing all the way back to the school. I could see myself carrying not only an evergreen branch, but a reputation as a klutz. Fortunately, I tripped on the limb and fell in a heap of pine needles, ski poles, and deflated ego. Unfortunately, it happened right in front of the plate glass window. A group of kids peered through the window at me. Picking myself up, I nodded casually, then bowed toward my audience. That's all for today, class, I shouted through the window. Next time, I'll be demonstrating the incorrect technique for sipping hot chocolate. I turned and limped off toward the school bus. I doubt if anyone believed me. The story you have heard today is from God's Greatest Stories, written by various authors and compiled by Randy Fischel, and used with permission from the Pacific Press Publishing Association. If you're interested in any other books published by the Seventh-day Adventist Church, please visit AdventistBookCenter.com or call 1-800-765-6955. This podcast is a production of the Carolina Conference of the Seventh-day Adventist Church.